right, welcome to a Northern Perspective podcast. I'm your host, Tim. This week has been an interesting one here on the homestead. Since the last episode, my wife has tested positive for COVID. Luckily, it seems my family has fared okay with the strain of COVID, and we are blessed to be able to go outside and get some fresh air when we have the energy to do so. The last few days, my wife and I noticed that we have the inability to taste and smell and still have some symptoms like uh, upper respiratory fatigue and general soreness just uh, feeling exhausted and we have runny noses and you know all the regular symptoms and some of the main symptoms that I have had are the pain in my arms and legs just just aching pains and a headache and burning eyes sore chest I haven't been coughing and my sore throat has not been persistent, so that's kind of good. It seems like every day I do feel some new symptoms, even here on day 7. I think COVID was introduced into my house on the week I returned to work, so if my daughter was sick and puking last Friday, she was probably infected a few days prior, most likely the Tuesday or the Wednesday. I don't know, I would just be careful out there, guys. I can see how it can be deadly to people who are already ill, so be mindful for the next little while. COVID is spreading right now and there's probably new variants. So the cases are going to go up as we are loosening the social standards for the pandemic. Uh, start loading up on the vitamins and get ready to fight this. I think most of us will be okay, but we still should be vigilant as this virus um, has quite the stranglehold on society currently. So moving on from that, I want to talk about a concept I heard about a few years ago. It involves nothing but a bucket of water and a willing participant to get a little wet. The person puts their hand in the bucket of water and takes their hand out. The wave caused by your hand and exiting the water starts off as maybe a splash which settles into small rings that ripple where your hand once was but eventually the water becomes flat like glass. The turbulence has diminished within a few moments. This experiment can be an analogy on the effect one person has on the bigger picture relating to a larger business organization setting. No matter how important you think you are or irreplaceable, in the end you're just a drop in the water. Your departure or your employer's loss of a specific skill set can be easily replaced and the loss would cause nothing but a mere ripple in the grand scheme of things the water would be crystal clear before you even walked out the door the ego is a dangerous thing once you become aware of it you can see how it can be a major cause of pain in your life i have been guilty of those feelings before i have let the ego take control of me i let my impulses take control of me i let people down i failed miserably. My overinflated ego was and is a complete and utter fuck up. I hate that part of me. And once I recognize this part of me, because it's still in there, I work hard to not let that person, that part of me, back out. That person is a real piece of shit who doesn't care about anyone else but himself. And I think everybody might have the same feeling and some some people will have the same type of traits inside of us i think we all have certain traits inside of us that aren't exactly our real traits we have learned them from other people deep down and some people that are not good influences you know sometimes you don't even recognize it the influence other people have had on your life the good and the bad they're all in there the point i'm trying to get to before i get too damn deep here is that no matter who you think you are or how important or how many important people you think you know it doesn't matter because as soon as you're gone you're gone and no one fucking cares and you could be replaced within days your company will probably have a new ad ready to go before you even walk out the door in most cases the only people that care are the ones at home waiting for you to come home from work you're not a drop in the water to those people people that love you 
and the people that you love. Letting your ego dictate your entire life, professionally or personally, is extremely damaging. The toxic behavior is so negative that the only way to feed your egotistical and narcissistic mind is to perpetuate the only thing that you know, which is to continue being an egotistical, narcissistic fool. Your ego needs to be controlled. Well, <clears throat> I know. I know it's a lot, but uh, sometimes it has to be said, and um, it's something that we need to control. The you know, the ego is so so friggin' so brutal, you know. It covers who we really are, but we have some of those uh, traits, you know, deep down inside of us. On a lighter note, I'm getting a little carried away here writing this, but uh, let's get into Bitcoin statistics. For the last 24 hours, looking at 22 billion in volume. <clears throat> that's 20% increase in trading volume in the last 24 hours, so that's pretty good. So people are buying and selling Bitcoin a lot right now. And it's mainly selling. There's a big um, uh, bearish kind of uh, motion going on here. But, uh, you know, we could just hold on, folks. And I think uh, Bitcoin will be fine over long term. Uh, but looking at $22, uh, $22 billion in volume um, today. And our market cap is $1.004 trillion. That's minus 8% over the last seven days. So Bitcoin's not doing too great, even though with this Bitcoin conference is happening in Miami, or at least it was happening now. It seems like the price plummeted since the conference began, along with many other coins. So the Cash App presented this year's Bitcoin 2022 conference. It was hosted from April 6th to the 9th at the Miami Beach Convention Center in Miami, Florida. On the website, they described the event as the biggest Bitcoin event in the entire world. Bitcoin 2022 is a four-day pilgrimage for those seeking great freedom, greater freedom in an individual sovereignty the ad ends by saying see you in miami for the world's largest gathering of bitcoiners it goes on to say bitcoin 2022 speaker lineup represents a dynamic mix of trailblazers innovative technologists and unconventional entrepreneurs who will provide attendees with unique insight and in detailed explanations during their presentations all while adding to the event's festival atmosphere some of the keynote speakers of the conference are jordan b peterson peter tai mike Michael Saylor, Eric Weinstein, and Serena Williams. Yep, the tennis star. So that's kind of weird, eh? She does own a bored ape, after all. And a myriad of other important crypto nerds talking about what they know best. Scams and pyramid schemes. <laughs> No, I'm just joking, but I'm sure there was a lot of talk about crypto adoption. El Salvador, Bitcoin Lightning, and all that beautiful jazz. But I don't know if you noticed, but the price of Bitcoin and altcoins alike have took a big shit over the last seven days. Maybe if all these Bitcoiners can get back to work and doing what they do best, uh, maybe we can get some good action on this market again. The Bitcoin is Tony Spilatro was at the event this week, and he gave us his take on it. Not me personally, but uh, on his website anyway. Putting things into perspective during the show, Billionaire Peter Tai said, in fact, that so many executives, entrepreneurs, and investors came together to gather for a network that has no CEO, no marketing team, or any sort of official entity behind it is something unprecedented. Bitcoin is for everyone, and that has never been more clear. Bitcoin, not shit coins. Even in a Bitcoin-focused event, there was much respect shown to Ethereum by Maxis, but there was still a deep disdain for shit coins wholly. The message came from billionaires 
like Ricardo Salinas, the third richest man in Mexico. The message also came from the Uber drivers, hotel concierge, waitresses, and more who were eager to share that they had a sizable portfolio of shitcoins in the red, but rarely owned any Bitcoin. Everyone knew exactly what Bitcoin was. Meanwhile, the variety of names that random altcoins they mentioned read like the Island of Misfit Toys. So maybe that gives a little insight into why everything is taking a real beating this week. The Bitcoin maxis are out to get the shitcoins and everything besides Bitcoin is technically a shitcoin after all. Maybe the key thing to learn from this Bitcoin conference was that Bitcoin matters. And that's the way it is. Everything else is just a distraction. Well, maybe not Ethereum. So I want to get into a little thing uh, about uh, building an emergency fund today. I was watching some YouTube videos about a guy named Phil Town and he has this book out I think and uh, program called Phil Town's Rule Number One Investing. He's a smart dude, so I uh, went off some of his information here and put my two cents in. And So I've been thinking hard about my emergency fund lately, and I realize how unprepared I am for a lot of possible circumstances. Phil Town, the YouTuber, investor, and motivational speaker, helped me with some of the information today. And I'd like to give credit where credit is due, but let's talk about what an emergency fund is. An emergency fund is a reserve of money that is separate from your planned expenses. It should be there for you in case of an unplanned event or an emergency such as a car repair or an covered home expense like a foundation repair, medical expenses, hospital visits that aren't covered by your insurance, or an unexpected layoff from work where you need like maybe like three to six months of capital before you get the job again. So I think a simple way to start the process of obtaining an emergency fund is to start by writing down all of your expenses on a piece of paper. Everyone will have a different starting point to where they need to be. Family of five with a single income source will obviously need to have better fund than a single person living with their parents. So that's where your homework comes into play and in figuring out exactly what your needs are and what works for you in your life. I always struggle with the fact that the money I do put aside is mostly just emergency funds. There is never enough money that you can put away. So even when I buy stupid crypto or NFTs, I do see that as a possible liquid asset for emergencies. The problem with having your savings tied up in stocks or crypto is that if an emergency does happen, you might risk selling at a significant loss or have to pay fees to get your money back to where you need it like bank account fees and whatever like um, you know you're looking at paying taxes too if and any on any gains that you cash out of your crypto or your stocks so uh, really if you were just to save $5,000 without investing, you might be losing significant potential gains. I personally think it might be better to just invest in companies that are safe and known to maintain their success like Google or Amazon. If an emergency does come up quickly, then you might feel comfortable knowing that you won't lose much of your investment. Even Bitcoin or gold would obviously come into handy as well. There is never enough money you can put away anyway, especially during your younger years where you can actually work harder and work a lot, lot more time and you don't have distractions like a wife or your family, your kids. Even with the family, you still need to earn and maintain a significant amount of income to make things work. And I personally am always striving for that three to six month reserve of funds, but it's not an easy thing to do. I would say even a month or two of your regular wages saved would be sufficient for most people to help the extras. Here in Canada, we do have unemployment insurance to help you in a pinch as long as you work the right amount of hours according to your area where you live and stuff like that. But unemployment is not enough when it doesn't cover the basic necessities for a larger family having a small chunk of money can make a huge difference for you and your family's future it provides peace of mind less stress and an opportunity to grow i find it's nice having money out of sight and out of mind sometimes when you have a little chunk of money put away you can be tempted with new things like electronics
electronics or furniture. Like, But if you actually do the math, a thousand dollar TV or computer can take away from your future wealth. And I think, um, you know, in that video with um, Peter, he, he even says like a TV, a $2,000 TV could actually be worth over $500,000 of potential investment money over a certain amount of time. So if you think about it like that, like, wow, if I have a new motto, if it doesn't save us money or make us money, then it's not going to work. So yeah, so when writing down your emergency fund numbers, leave all the crap that you don't need, like entertainment or dining out. Those will most likely not be a part of your life during a period of unemployment or injury or whatever it may be. So you're, you're also going to leave out all the crap like um, birthdays, Christmas, weddings, and not include this. Uh, you don't include this stuff into your emergency plan. These are things that are plannable events, right? So so be honest with yourself find a number that works for you in your life write everything down that's the only way you can't think to yourself in your brain like oh yeah this that no no you need to write things on paper and, and develop a map that's why maps are created if we can all think in our brain exactly what a map looked like, it would look like a complete mess. So everything's written down for a reason. We design things, architects build things, scientists structure things. It's just the way things are. Things are written down and uh, planned out ahead of time. So, you know, there's many ways to ensure that you have a safe and successful future. And the best way to do that is talking to a professional uh, financial advisor. They can help sort out and direct your financial goals with their experience. The options are very endless to attain your financial goals. It all starts with wanting to change, but like every other aspect of your life, saving money can help save your butt in a pinch. And on that note, my last topic today is about chicken farming. So what intrigues us about raising chickens? The first animals we obtained on our farm were secondhand from an old farmer who seemed to be overwhelmed with chickens. He was an old guy, and one thing I learned to do with people in the north here is give them some time. Time to talk, and I refuse to rush people. Every moment you talk to some old timer or someone from a different walk of life is an opportunity to learn something new. When we first picked up our first flock of chickens, there were 12 chickens, I borrowed my friend's enclosed trailer. It was a big enough to fit two quads with the door closed. It was a huge trailer. I felt like a, a complete dummy though because showing up with this trailer as I found out a small crate is more than suitable for chickens for transport. The old guy kind of laughed at my wife and I and gave us a crate for 10 bucks so we could easily transport the chickens. My plan was to put some hay down and let the, let them run free in the trailer. I don't know how that would have went but see how quickly you learn lessons it's a few it's a very humbling experience sometimes you look at it like a complete dummy but that's okay you know sometimes we all look silly and awkward when we're learning something new and it's not any different from raising chickens the old guy showed us a trick or two on how to keep the chickens and what to look out for health wise as the chickens were getting around two years old he also showed how the chickens love protein he had a big bag full of beef and animal fat that the chickens ate from when they needed a little protein boost um, female chickens are like little dinosaurs they love protein protein and they needed to produce the best eggs. Once we got these chickens back home, we were so excited to start getting eggs. Before we actually obtained chickens, we had prepared a chicken coop beforehand. We decided that an old chicken coop on the property that was completely overgrown and beaten up over the years was a perfect um, little chicken coop that we can uh, fix up and uh, a tree even toppled on top of this damn thing. We figured a little elbow grease, we could clean it up and make it reusable. It probably wasn't used in 20, 30 years, which is very evident on the condition it was in. But uh, we do have a lot of videos and pictures of what it looked like beforehand. And uh, that's on our Instagram, uh, White Acres Farm. But after a lot of lawn mowing, weed eating, ripping out chunks of rotten wood, cleaning up old crap, we finally had a blank canvas for our chicken coop. We decided on a very simple style with a large chicken ladder, four nesting boxes, and two galvanized food and water holders. It's amazing 
what you can do with some half-decent old wood. As long as you clean it up a bit, it doesn't seem to matter how many nesting boxes you have. That's the funny thing. All the chickens love to lay in the same box. It's funny how they work, you know? Once we had everything ready, we laid down some sawdust and voila, we had ourselves a brand new chicken coop. So it, it didn't take too much work. Um, we used an old chicken coop. We reused everything. Everything, even the nails we used were old. Nails we had, the screws we had were old. You know, we reused so much stuff. We added fencing to the outside of the coop, which was old fencing again we reused so the chickens could have a large run. The coop is situated farther away from the house, about 500 meters, so we keep them free-ranging outside in a cage. We've had issues with raccoons, weasels, and pine martens in the past, and there's also hawks, crows, and ravens that love to torment the chickens as well. So... We bring the chickens to our garden shed 20 feet from the house in the winter time where they live in a chicken mansion with a heated water bowl and daily visits for me and my wife and what intrigues us so much about chickens i don't know they have personalities i love how natural they are they remind me how life is precious from the worms in the dirt to the most sophisticated creatures like ourselves the actions are real their actions are real they are not influenced by anything but the opposite sex in food. Mike Tyson really likes pigeons. He said a pigeon was the first thing he's ever loved in life. I like pigeons too. We have a flock living in our own in our one barn, but I can definitely see his point of view. Birds are pure. Whether it be pigeons or chickens or turkeys, these animals are absolutely beautiful. Everything about them, their colors, their actions, they are so helpful in other ways too, mainly our food. That's a sad part of it all, but a necessity part of being a hobby farmer. Life and death can occur in the same day. A chicken can only provide so many eggs before its life starts to fade. By the end of their life, you can eat the meat and provide nourishment for your family. This chicken that provides you with eggs and a source of nourishment, and you provided it with food and water to help maintain its life, can now be eaten as a family meal. This isn't taken lightly here on the homestead either. Every chicken I have ever processed, which has only been two or three batches of chickens, I think personally each one and I gave a moment to think about the great things it has done for my family and will continue to do. You know, chickens are an example of how we can be self-sufficient, how we can raise our own food, and it's not very difficult. Anybody can do it, even a city like myself with absolutely no farming experience. So I think if anybody has the opportunity to own chickens, either raise for meat or eggs, go for it. It's an experience you won't forget. And well, I think that was a good show for today. Um, I think I might have gotten a little carried away here or there, but, uh, but that's okay. And I hope you enjoyed today's show today, guys. Please stay tuned for upcoming podcasts posted weekly, most likely on Sundays. We're playing on all the streaming platforms, so check out the link tree in the description for all my social media pages. Uh, so thank you for listening to today's podcast, guys. It's the Northern Perspective Podcast. I'm your host, Tim. See ya.